greetings again this morning in the precious name of Jesus. As we meet to continue a series of messages on the person of the Holy Spirit and the working of the Holy Spirit. On the whiteboard behind me yesterday morning, can you tell me the question that was there yesterday morning? It or Him? What do we read there this morning? Me or Him. Me or Him. Hopefully we'll have more revelation from the Holy Spirit what that means to us this morning. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is the title of our message this morning. I woke up very early this morning. It was not by design. My design. Me, perhaps him. I thought it was 4 o'clock when my alarm was set and I began to stir around and found out later it was only 3 o'clock. But here's what the Lord spoke to me in that early morning hour. I got a picture in my mind this morning of two different houses. This is very important that you get this picture in your mind before this message begins today on the filling of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of work of the Holy Spirit that's been done in this place in the last 24 hours. There's been a lot of cleansing. There's been a lot of emptying. There's been a lot of confessing. There's been a lot of work of the Lord that has gone on all the way down and it continued to the last hours of the day last evening. And I have an idea that it followed some of you to your dorm and to your bed on your pillow last night. Cleansing cleaning, emptying. And I thought of that house this morning. I'm going to read to you what Jesus said about a house that was clean in Matthew chapter 12, beginning in verse 43. As we get ready to speak about the filling of the Spirit, here's the house that came to my mind. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept and garnished. That's the empty house. That's the empty house. It's a little bit like the house Brother Roman told us about last evening when he knew he did not want to go to hell. And so he would clean here and he would clean there and he would put this out and he would step on that and step on that and try to cork this hole and that hole. That's an empty house. He told us it was an empty house was no power there. Jesus says that He goeth and taketh with Himself seven other spirits more wicked than Himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation that He was speaking to. 
get the picture of just coming to Bible school and coming to the prayer room and confessing and cleaning and reorganizing and shifting and maybe making a trip or two before the week's over down here to the altar somewhere and going home on empty house. You see, is it going to be about me or him? And this makes a difference whether we got this concept. What is the filling for? What does the filling do? Who does the filling glorify? One more house on filling. You'll find in the second book of Chronicles, chapter 7, it is another house. It's the house of God. Chronicles, second Chronicles, chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. Notice the difference. One is an empty house. We're going to look at a full house. And then we're going to talk about filling our houses. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. There wasn't even room for the priest to get in the house. It was so full of the glory of the Lord. I would that the anointing of the Spirit rests upon us before this camp is over. There's not room for me in my house. Is it me or Him? And here's the... Verse 3 says, When the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. That's what the Lord showed me this morning in the early morning hours that I think we need to have revealed here today. It's possible to come here and clean house. It's possible to do what was done yesterday. A lot of rearranging, a lot of thinking, a lot of processing, and then all of a sudden, fear begins to come like, I'm not sure it's going to work. I know I need to get rid of this. I know I need to get rid of that. I know I need to do business with God. But where's the power for this dynamic to continue on? Is it just something for me? Is it something for Him? Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Which house? We've talked about an empty house. We've talked about a full house. We're going to talk about filling our houses. Ephesians 5.18 Let's read that verse together. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 18. Being filled with... The Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18. Let's read this together. And be not drunk with wine. 
wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. That word filled has a lot of different applications. I'll give you some of them. One is, I could read it and say, to be accomplished with the Spirit. I could read it to say, be rendered perfect with the Spirit. I could read it to say, be filled to the brim with the Spirit. I could read it to say, but be complete with the Spirit. I could read it to say, be furnished or supplied liberally with the Spirit. I could read it to say, to cause to abound with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 6 verse 5 says that Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Which part of the Godhead is indwelling the believer in these verses? Let's turn to Ephesians 4, verse 6. It is important that we fill the house and understand the passion of our Father and His Spirit to completely fill us. Who's got Ephesians 4, verse 6? Read it, Kelsey, please. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Thank you. So which part of the Godhead is filling the believer in that verse? God the Father. Thank you. We're going to look for another part of the Godhead filling us in Galatians 2.20. Jana. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So which part of the Godhead fills the believer in that verse? Anybody else? Yes? Christ. Christ. So we've got God the Father in Ephesians 4. We've got Christ the Son in Galatians 2.20. And 1 Corinthians 3.16 You have that, Carrie? Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So, which part of the Godhead do we see in dwelling there? The Spirit. The Spirit. I just wanted to take three verses from the Bible and show us that 
all through the Bible, all three parts of the Godhead are infilling the believer. This morning we're just simply tailoring it down to the infilling of the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. He brings all things to our remembrance. Sometimes it's just a little later. But He is faithful. The filling of this Holy Spirit. What happens to us many times, I'm going to illustrate, is that We come to a time like Bible school, Monday, and the Word of God begins to put the squeeze on our hearts, and each message brings more squeeze, and by the time Monday night's there, the love of Christ is constraining us. Even people like me come to the altar last evening thinking I would come and give support to a young man. While there, the Spirit put the squeeze on my heart, brought confessions out of my own heart. And so we were squeezed, and, and we, we squeeze everything out of our hearts. We want that house to be clean. We talk about going to Seattle on the street. We don't want the enemy to have an advantage. We talk about in our prayer groups not putting an unclean hand on someone praying for deliverance. And we've got a pretty good squeeze on that heart. And that house is fairly well empty. And then we are looking so forward to coming and hearing messages on being filled with the Spirit. And we hear how good the Spirit is and how the Spirit is surrounding us. And the Spirit will empower us And the Spirit is what is given to us for ministry. And we're sitting here but wondering, you know, I've heard this, and I've heard this all my life. People will come and say, but for somehow, it's not working for me. It's just not sinking in. I'm just not sure what's going on. I've been to the Bible school, or I've been to the revival meeting, or I was there a couple years ago, and, and now something's just gone away, it's just not working. And you know, it is possible to sit there with that wrung out heart and just nothing happens. It's been wrung out, it's been exposed to the Spirit, the water of life has been flowing around us freely. But I'm going to tell you what it is. The Bible tells about Jesus standing at a door and knocking. And He says, if you hear My voice, harden not your heart. He talks to the church at Laodicea. And He says, if any man open." And we begin to open our heart. And we begin to invite the Holy Spirit to come in and fill us. And one by one, message by message, thought by thought, prayer by prayer, song by song, we begin to open our hearts and we soften our hearts. And it opens up more and more and more. And what we don't realize is while that's happening, we're inviting the Lord Jesus' presence to fill us. And He fills us. And instead of going home empty, cleaned and swept and garnished, 
just to be blasted by worse spirits than we had before when this message is preached, we can be filled. That's the testimony of the Holy Spirit in our heart this morning. It takes a vessel that's been that's been strained out. It takes a vessel that's been wrung out. It takes a vessel that's been emptied out, which is very important, the cleansing and all. We need to be filled. And there's every opportunity this morning to be filled. How many of you were students only? How many of you, if you had a person in your church fellowship that continually struggled with drunkenness. How many of you in your fellowship would address that issue? Several? Okay. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. How many of you have ever had a special meeting to deal with someone like me that wasn't manifesting the filling of the Spirit. Have you ever had a meeting where you just dealt with someone that just wasn't filled with the Spirit? And as I'm just asking, is one command any greater than another? I would suggest this morning that they are the same. It is a command. It's like we heard this morning. Brother Jeriah. It's easy to, to come. It's easy to hear. But sometimes it's really, really hard to just let go and let that heart be exposed and filled to His fullest. And when He's filled to His fullest and He cannot hold anymore, what's He do? Overflows. And the outflow becomes the overflow of the inflow. Spurgeon says, if I am not filled with the Spirit, my spiritual life is a mockery to God and miserable. And I say amen to you. So we're here to deal this morning. with We're going to review the filling. We're going to review the filling. The reviewing of the filling. We're going to go through a lot of Scriptures what I would like for you to do is listen for and write down phrases that um, reveal the filling. It could be in different phrases. Uh, we're going to read these passages. I think we'll just start here with you, Clayton, and you'll write on down the line. You've got a, in your handout... Um, I'm going to say them because I may not have... Read Acts 1 and 5. And just start there with you, Clayton. And we're going to listen. There's about nine things, probably eight or nine things, uh, different phrases that's going to review the filling. Acts 1 5. Okay. For John truly baptized with water, but he shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Okay, the phrase there is baptized with. I'm suggesting that we look for phrases that might say the one and self the same thing as filling. We're reviewing the filling. All right? Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So there is a filled with. The second one. Okay, Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, 
Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And there is the gift of. And, and some of you may differ with throwing these together. Um, that could be a discussion, I'm sure. I'm suggesting that we look at this as filling this morning. Acts 10 and 44. We'll find another one. No, because it's the same as 2-4. Acts 10.44 and 10.45, actually. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you. So there is, we have in verse 44, we have fell on. And in verse 45, we have poured out. Acts 19 and 2. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And there is received the the receiving of. Alright, down in verse 6 of Acts 19. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And there is a came on. Uh, verse 49, Luke 24:49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, that carry me in the city of Jerusalem Thank you. And there we have a couple phrases I would suggest. You have promise of my Father. It would suggest endued with in the B part of that verse. There would be probably various other flavors of phrases throughout the Bible. I just want to point out, I think sometimes we can get so bogged down with trying to intellectually decide whether this is uh, specifically something else that we just might miss the whole big picture of it's all part of a filling. And there's more about that later. I would just say that identify these phrases. This is Bible school. Uh, these are phrases for filling. Um, filling is also in addition to the work of regeneration. Let's look about the results of the filling. What are the results of the filling? And listen for and write down phrases that would imply that not all Spirit-filled believers are alike. So I want you to listen for uh, different words in this next reading. It's going to be 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11. And then I'm going to call on you to um, tell me what you hear. Um, what you hear, what phrases you hear, words you hear that might imply that not all Spirit-filled believers are alike. 
Okay, First Corinthians twelve four through eleven. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one in the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Thank you, Ethan. So, what did you hear? What kind of words did you hear that may, that implies that we're not all filled alike? Diversities. Diversities? Differences. Differences. What's some other words? More, more specific. Okay. Hmm. And what does he call some of these ministries or or these channels or these? What are they called? Differences of what? Yes. Gifts. There's some words down here blinking. Demonstrations. Demonstrations. Um, diversities of what in verse six? Operations. Um, verse eight. The word of what? To another, the word of what? To another, faith. Um, there's the gifts of what? The working of what? To another, to another, diverse kinds of. To another, the. And this is just. I just wanted to get a little sampling here of the results of the filling. There's other places like in Acts 4 when the Holy Ghost fell on the beloved, the believers when they were praying. The Bible said, I read there this morning, that the place shook. And there's the result of the filling. I, what I'm trying to, to get across is this, that too many times, what would you call this? A box. A box. Uh, too many times we we treat God and, and His filling and His Spirit like we're going to put Him in this box. And it looks about the way I think that He should look. But He's way out of the box. Amen. And He will not fit my box. We start reading the Bible, the results of the filling, they're all over the board. And so we're seeing, ah, oh, hmm, so what is this now? Is this me or is this about him? You start to see the picture that the sun starts to rise on this just a little bit at a time. Who is this about? The results of the filling. Filling could be specific and not the same for every person. And I think that we, uh, as we confess our faults to one another and our sins among each other, it's easy to look at another brother that's so gifted 
and just think, you know, there must be, maybe there's still something in there that I need to squeeze so I can be just like Brother Leslie or whoever it is. But here's these brothers back here. They're men of God. You're younger men of God. And God has powered Roman and Anthony and Pete and Leslie and Joe and all of you young men just specifically for what He wants and when He wants it and how He wants it. Oh, so the sun's coming up. Is it about me or Him? He, he gets the results of the filling. It can really throw a young person in a loop, especially that it looks like some are so talented. And there might be some quiet sister back there in her dorm that prayed at 4 o'clock this morning that has more impact on the spirits working in this place today than all the sermons I will preach over this whole week about the Spirit. If that's what God wants to do with that gift in that dear sister. It's about, we heard this morning, Jeriah said, it's about being faithful in the eyes of God more than what's perceived to be successful in the eyes of men. The filling, the results of the filling. Every believer has the potential to be filled with service. I think that this sponge is just a representation of every single believer. And this sponge has the potential to be completely filled. Every believer that's been born again and given the gift of the Spirit now has an affinity toward the working of the Spirit, the falling of the Spirit, the fresh oil of the Spirit coming down to empower, to demonstrate what God wants demonstrated when He wants demonstrated. So, me or Him? Verse um, 11 tells us about, but all these worketh that one and self same Spirit, um, and He chooses to fill with who He will. Gives me boldness for testimony and for service. Uh, when we're, when you know, it's it's like I could just identify with that dilemma so easy last night, Brother Roman. You know, when we're squeezed out, you know, well I've I have put my finger in about all the dike, I, the holes in the dike I can, but I just feel so dry. I just feel like I just don't have any testimony. I just don't have any, anything to share, anything to give. And I would just suggest to us, how available have I been for the filling? Lord, here am I. Isaiah said, send me. Well, could I suggest that we say, here am I, Lord, fill me. But then all, he said, well, what am I going to get out of it? Is it for me or him? And he's the only one that knows that. Well, what's the reason for the filling? What's the reason for the filling? And I would say we're going to um, I'm going to just go to Acts chapter one, verse four, and you could look for some phrases that make filling imperative for service. The reason for filling. I would just take a couple verses here and say, in being assembled, we're looking for the reason for the filling. And being assembled together with them, He commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, 
but wait for the promise of the Father. Here's one of those fillings. Which saith he, You have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be filled, baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. What's the reason for the filling? Verse 8, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The reason for the filling is that we be witnesses unto Him both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And I would suggest today that the reason for the filling um, is to equip us. Uh, in this situation, the whole world is perishing. And these 12 stout men that have been with Jesus through His entire ministry, and they were pretty well equipped, wouldn't you think? Like, can't you just see, come on, let's get going. Let's go tell the story. But Jesus said, no, you wait. You need a filling. You need a fresh work. You need my intrinsic motivation to give you the power to do what I've called you to do. Even Jesus at His baptism, the dove descended. He was filled with the Spirit, the Bible said. Filled with the Spirit and then driven into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to be tempted of the devil. Um, the Spirit was upon Him. And I would say the filling is imperative for every calling and service that's available to us. The reason for the filling. All right? I remember one time Judy and I were traveling at a very embarrassing moment in our lives. It was in the days way before cell phones and such like. We were going to a love feast to preach at uh, Donald's Creek, Ohio. Saturday morning, I kind of stayed back at the house to study as long as I could before going to church. And we went out to our car and uh, it wouldn't start. The battery was dead. There was just no power. And I thought of that then. I thought of this morning. Here we were. We were all dressed up. All dressed up and ready for this wonderful time of fellowship and preaching. But there was no power. And no way of getting there. I couldn't even get there. So what am I going to do? You know, you... They have a telephone, but there's no telephone down at the meeting house, and nobody had cell phone. I, I don't think I ever heard of a cell phone. I would just say it's possible to come to a place like this and get all dressed up and leave without power. It's possible in any gospel conviction service to clean out and get dressed up. That's what happened to that house. It's emptied, swept, and rearranged, all fixed up. That's the cry of the religionist today. If you could give him something else to do. Moses, give us another law. Oh, thou lawmaker, tell us just what to do and not to do. There's nothing wrong with order. But there's got to be power.
power to get the vehicle down the road. We're called to serve. I remember that morning, we started going through the barns. He was a farmer. And we found an old truck. And uh, away we went down the road. Okay. We're going to take a look at the... And I just want to say right here, before we get to this receivers, we're talking about the reason for the filling. Again, me or him? You know, each one of these, I just noticed they begin to progress away from me and toward him. If I'm filled for service and calling and ministry, that's for him. The receivers of the filling. And I'm going to speed through this. Acts 2.38 tells me that I'm just going to lift these out because we're going to run out of time. The receivers of the filling, you can maybe write these phrases down. Acts 2.38 says, it's to as all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's who has availability for the filling. Galatians 3 and 2. You'll hear some different phrases here. It, it says, Received you the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing of the faith. So the receivers of the filling are those who have repented. They have faith in Christ. They have been baptized in the name of Jesus. Acts 5.32. Who are the receivers? It says, It is to them that obey Him. And so the Holy Ghost is given, hath given the Holy Ghost to them that obey Him. Sounds like our morning worship this morning. We don't hear much about that. I would suggest to you that looks like absolute surrender. Acts 8.15, who are the receivers? We find there. We find that the receivers there are those that had their hands laid on them. They received the gift of the Holy Ghost. They were baptized believers and they were filled to follow Jesus. Luke 11.13, this may stretch it a little bit. You may have some discussion on that. But I would glean there, and I'm not opposed to saying that the Holy Spirit is given to them that ask Him. Of course, asking in faith and, and clean hands and pure heart. 7.37 of John. John 7.37. The receivers are those. Uh, it says, If any man thirst." He can receive. It says, He that believeth on Me is a receiver. As the Scripture said, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake He of the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on Him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. I'll just say this morning that the receivers of the Holy Spirit, now Josh is getting ready to take a drink right there. The Holy Spirit offers free refills. Alright? Keep that in mind. They see that advertised at these eating places, free refills. Believers and followers of the Lord Jesus, I announce to you this morning, He wants to give you a free refill. A refreshing every morning. I thought this morning, when I met with the brothers this morning early, I don't 
understand how God could do any more in a group of people's hearts and lives than what He did yesterday. And I suggested that if He does any more today than what was done yesterday, I might pop. And one of the other brothers says, no, you'll just overflow. So He's just refilling and refilling. He offers free refills this morning. We're getting ready to go into the second day of this of this week of, of Bible school. And I'm going to say to you, no matter what you think God done in your heart yesterday, He's got free refills again today. Otherwise, this would be boring. You meet Jesus Christ and power of the Holy Spirit, and you're no more boredom. Okay, part five, realizing the filling. Listen for and write down phrases that prove to me that I have been and am now still being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to give you Galatians 5.22. Now, no, it's easy. This is, I get so frustrated with myself toward the end of a message. I want to slow down. Listen for these phrases that prove to me I have been and am still being filled with the Holy Spirit. I would suggest Galatians 5.22 would be a, something to consider. I asked at my table this morning, so what's the yardstick? How do I know? What's the calibration gauge? How do you know you're filled? And I got some good feedback um, along these lines. I'll have to say, Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit... Oh, this is one. Oh, now here we're getting back to this thing. Is it me or Him? Just keep thinking about that. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Is this me? Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Is that me? Here's another one that I think we miss a lot of times in Matthew 16, 15, and 16, and 17 when, when Jesus asked Peter, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And they said, well, you're Christ, the Son of the living God. In verse 17, Jesus says, flesh and blood couldn't say that. Do you find yourself delighting to confess Jesus Christ is Lord? Would you confess it with me this morning? Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. You can only do that from your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you feel dry? You're still confessing Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.18 Be not drunk with wine. This is a good one. Our text verse and the next verse about not being drunk with wine but being filled with the Spirit. And how do we know? Verse 19 of Ephesians 5 says that we speak and edify in psalms. Do you find yourself loving to just go to the Word and share a, feast, a fresh piece of bread? I just love it when a brother will share with me a fresh piece of bread. To me, it just it's, a, ah, it's an indicator that Christ is working and filling that brother's heart and life. How about singing? Do you find yourself singing spiritual songs? I'm not talking about 
Um, other songs. Making melody in your heart to the Lord. It's kind of hard to sing the devil's song and make melody in your heart to the Lord or the devil's beat. Do I find myself just being thankful always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Those are just some suggestions I would give to us as realization of the filling. They're calibrators. Am I filled with the Spirit? Question, it plagues people, it plagues young believers. I've had old believers, young believers come up with all kinds of ideas about what they thought, about how they were filled or not filled, and how they wanted to be filled. And I think there's a lot of improper understanding about this whole subject. I would just suggest to you what the Bible says. The Spirit Himself, itself it says, I say Himself, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Your pastor doesn't know. Your parents may not know. Youth leaders don't always know. But I believe deep down in my heart, the Word of God tells me that His Spirit will bear witness with my spirit that I have His Spirit. And that could be discussed but I'm going to stick with what the Word says. Well, what is my motive to be filled? And we're right here. For me or for Him? What's my motive for filling? We're back to where we were yesterday now. I remember one time Peter came to Jesus, and I won't take time for all this, but Peter came to Jesus and he asked something like this. He says, Lord, we've left all, and we've followed You. And he said something like this. What are we going to get out of this? What are we going to get out of this? Lord, I've spent a thousand dollars. I've come to Bible school. I've taken a week off my work. I may lose my job. I might lose the promotion. Lord, I traveled all night to get to Bible school. I even came a day late. Or whatever you want to plug in, what my ticket costs, or anything else. Lord, I did all this. What am I going to get out of this? And Jesus said to Peter, Peter, it is about my sake and the Gospels, not you. What's my motive for being filled? Is it me or is it Him? Jesus told Peter, if you want to save your life, if you want me, 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 we'll lose this. This will all be lost. But if I'll lose me for Him, then my life is saved. It's not about me. Jesus said, it's about the Gospel. Alright. Now, I'm going to kind of... This is the good stuff. I would just say this. What's my excuses? Oh, I think there'll be a lot of excuses. I've heard a lot of excuses. I'll probably hear more, and I'll probably make some myself. Especially at a time like this, I hear excuses. Well, I'm afraid it won't work. It won't work. Yeah, it won't work. But he will. I'm afraid when I go home that this is going to come back on me. Yes, 
may come back even seven times worse if I'm not filled with Him. With Him, of His staying power. But how can I do this? Preacher, if you only knew the things I struggle with, and I believe as you sit in meetings just like this, the enemy is right there saying, but he doesn't know about dot, dot, dot. And he doesn't know about dot, dot, dot. And he doesn't know. And the enemy is just barging you with lies. What's my excuse this morning for not just being like Isaiah says, here am I, fill me, send to me. What's my excuse? Say, well, I feel so unworthy. I'm a, I, I'd like to be filled. I've listened to this message about the infilling. I'm making a decision right now to have the infilling, but I'm so unworthy of myself. I want you to turn to Ezekiel 36 and 19 and let the Word of God put the hammer down to us Ezekiel thirty six nineteen. Don't want to lose sight of of where we are. We're talking about yes, I want to be filled, but I feel like I'm so unworthy of myself. Is it me or is it him? Israel has been scattered to Babylon. And I want you to listen. Is it me or is it him? I want you to listen to what God is doing. And God says, I scattered Israel among the heathen. Don't lose sight of what I'm saying. I want to be filled, but I'm so unworthy. Here is a group of people that is scattered among the heathen. Where do you live this morning? Dispersed through the countries according to their way and according to their doings, I judge them. And when they entered unto the heathen, whether they went, they profaned my holy name when they said to them, These are the people of the Lord and are gone forth out of His land. But I had pity. Does that sound like worthiness? Does that sound like me or Him? For mine holy name. Is that me or Him? Which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen. Now that's me. Whither they went, therefore say unto the house of Israel, here comes the message, Thus saith the Lord, I do not this for your sakes. Is that me or him? He says, I'm getting ready to do something that's going to be mighty and it's not for your sake. O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, that is him, which you have profaned among the heathen whether you went, I will sanctify my great name which was profaned among the heathen which you have profaned in the midst of them and the heathen shall know I am the Lord that is him saith the Lord God when I shall be sanctified that is him in you before their eyes verse 25 then 
will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness. I just don't feel worthy. And from all your idols will I clean you. A new heart will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put My Spirit within you and cause you to walk in My statutes and you shall keep My judgments and do them and ye shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers and ye shall be My people and I will be your God. Is that me or Him? It sounds a lot like Him. I mean... I don't. I sanctify. I sprinkle. I clean. I take away. I put. I change the heart. I give. I clean, so that ye shall be clean. So that ye shall keep. So that ye shall dwell. So that ye shall be my people. Now that's just a sampling of whether it's me or him. So I want to be filled, but I feel so unworthy myself. God keeps His eye on His own glory more than He does on my worthiness. That's what he's got his eye fixed on this morning is his own glory. God says, I will do what you can't do so you can do what I tell you to do. You can't do it from the outside, so I'm going to do it for you on the inside. That's what he's saying. He says, these people, they weren't worthy. They had a a hard heart, a cold heart, a stony heart, and he has to take that heart out and give them a new heart. They didn't even want a new heart. And I just amaze at what he does for himself, for his own glory. I will clean you from your filthiness, all your past filthiness, your present filthiness, your secret filthiness, your public filthiness, because I want to fill you. So I'll clean you. That's what he says. I'll clean you from your idols. I'll take every black thing so I can fill you. So it's okay for the squeezing, and it's okay for the wringing. There must be a ringing and there must be a squeezing or there's dirt in the cup and He's not going to fill the dirty cup because He's the worth last night of a soul to clean the cup so He could fill it with Himself. He's not going to be two-timed with an adulterous affair in my heart with some black spot. He wants to clean the cup and fill the cup with Himself. He's not... Verse 27 says, it's just not another spirit, but it's My Spirit. And on and on the list goes. He changes the heart. He gets radical. And so should we. In testimony, I want to read a a story about filling. A new minister came to minister in a certain church the previous minister introduced worldly entertainment for his church to grow. Dancing among the young people to attract them. Continually, he had fairs and festivals and bazaars to raise money. But the spirit of prayer and the operation of the Holy Spirit were entirely absent. The congregation was very large and the members were very affluent. But this new minister felt like all was a deceptive external shell. 
and the life of the Spirit was missing. He felt they had a name that they were alive while they were dead. So after much prayer, he began to preach against compromise with the world and with the use of worldly methods. He insisted on scriptural and scriptural life principles that the Holy Spirit only could bring. As a result, his congregation dwindled and his building emptied. A group of church officials went to the bishop and protested. The wife of the bishop even came to visit and inquired why he was following methods so detrimental to the increase of the congregation. And he explained the former ways were detrimental to Scripture. Then kneeling in prayer earnestly, he asked the light from the Lord. And during the middle of the prayer, the lady said, Pray no longer, you are right. And I am wrong. The number of my congregation was reduced to two people. So there the three of us had a one and a half hour prayer meeting. We pled with God to take charge of this church with His Holy Spirit. It wasn't long till a new work of the Spirit's filling began. The building was soon filled with a whole new congregation. Some of the old members also returned. The Holy Spirit was recognized as the president of all the activities of the church. Boxes for offerings were now just placed at the doors. The gospel was preached in its simplicity and souls were being saved. God's blessing rested on this church. And the men who had complained to the bishops were all converted, cleansed and filled with the Spirit of God. No more appeals were made for money and missionaries were supported in other lands and the Lord's work continued in the apostolic way. I would just like... I'm going to take my seat and in the moments while I'm sitting down, I want you to take a piece of paper and I'm going to give you just a little assignment. I want you to think about a person that you know that's filled with the Holy Spirit. Describe a person that is filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's number one. The second question is, is does the above description fit you? Describe a person filled with the Holy Spirit. Does that description fit you? And I'd like for you to write out a prayer about your longing to be filled with the Spirit.